Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. It is Thursday, February 18th. We're going to talk about wrestling, allegedly. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, the chubby chief, Joseph Holbert. Joseph, how are you? It's feel, it feels real Real good to be on that top tier, Jeremy Lambert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was literally a pop just for Jeremy. But there you go. Someone else might have found it funny too. I'm very good. It is a big week. It is a week of, of deathmatch chatter. It is chamber talk. Many things to discuss. A new segment on the show that will probably last one week only. Where, I mean, it's just so much going on. I have a new light over me. My skin is now even more obviously pale. Where to start? I'm very excited. You've been locked in an attic your whole life. You've never gotten any sun. That's why you're so pale. <laughs> Another inside joke. Incredible. <laughs> We're only here to just pop like two or three people a show. And for some reason, a thousand people watch this show every week. Yes, I was looking, Jeremy. I'm going to just do small talk straight away here because we have nothing actually to talk about that we care about. So here we go. I was looking, um, doing the report card. AEW does this thing now where they like upload their videos after Dynamite in like two goes. Have you seen this? They upload like four segments immediately, and then the next day they upload the rest of the show in individual segments with the worst titles you can ever think of. Anyway, <laughs> the titles are very bad. So they didn't upload Lufa's match, and I need a saying for Lufa. So I was like, oh, okay, obvious. I'll do our show. 1.4, I think we're at now. I was like, oh, man, seems bad. I mean, obviously Lufa <laughs> drew him for that one. Don't get me wrong, he's the star, but seems bad that many people have seen Lufa's fantasy draft big board. Very scary. Speaking of Luther, good, good segue, Joseph. I don't know if you meant it or not. Luther and Serpentico, Chaos Project themselves, going to be on the Twitch Tuesday, this Tuesday. You have, you don't know what we're doing. I'll go ahead and tell everybody what we're doing right now. Night, this is what he just DM'd me, literally before we, we talked. Uh, 1986, eight-man tourney. We each pick two guys, and then we're going to simulate it on the Fire Pro. 1986 specifically. Specifically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the guy, man. He says what we do. He's got the pencil when it comes to that yeah. stuff, you know? I'm in. I'm all in. That's what we're doing. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. 
this Tuesday, 2 p.m. Usually we're at 8 p.m. or 8 p.m. Usually we're at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern this week uh, to accommodate Luther and Serpentico's schedule. You know, they're, they're the stars. We got to we gotta acquiesce to what their schedule is. This feels like a big angle as we continue to build to our eventual tag match with those guys. Oh, yeah. 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 Luther took a, a apron powerbomb to the outside last night. Yes. Man, it's crazy. Yes, this and also, Chuck Taylor like, nearly killed Sepentico. So <laughs> yeah. whether they're even on this show next week, no clue. But they, apparently they're on the show. So there you go. Uh, JJ sends us a super chat. Here are the big stars. I hope you are doing good. Why isn't Luther involved in the explosive death match? O'Neal's corner is just filth. Um, I mean, well, let me get, let me get uh, plugs out of the way. And stuff. Fightful.com, head over there, check everything out. Fightful Select, Sean just had news about the Kyle O'Reilly situation um, and a bunch of other news dropping today. He's got an interview with Dakota Kai dropping coming this week. So I've heard of Dakota Kai, right? Here she's like a big deal. Um, go to Fightful Select, go to twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We are there like three, four times a week. We will be there right after the show, Joseph, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, distraction post-show on the Twitch. Uh, go to Fightful Scraps, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps. I think we're doing like a watch-along for every like event now that just like happens joel pearl is running this i this is what my scoopsters tell me that joel pearl has a hand in this i don't know why i have no idea why i don't get it i'm gonna show up there just to ban him um and you know that's what i do uh and i think that's i think that's everything is that everything o'neill's corner 4 p.m eastern right here on the distraction o'neill's corner three this is the thing that we're doing. I have no idea why. He's going to review the first episode of Young Rock. How many – here's a question, okay, trivia. And it's not answerable yet because it hasn't happened. But how many seconds does O'Neill produce of all the before was, one of us has to, like, fuel him for another question? Honestly. I was going to I was gonna say, like, when we bring him on, it's going to be three minutes or, you know, however long you just go. <laughs> So, uh, Rob, what do you think of, uh, you know, Young Rock? <laughs> Fine, man. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you got anything else in this three-minute segment? Or are you just saying, <laughs> it's fine if that's it. I'm mine. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, guys, get your super chats in. Get your question, comment, statement read on the air. Just like JJ, which we've already read, but we're going to read it again because JJ is our guy. Big stars. Why isn't Luther in the explosive death match? Let's talk about this, Joseph. Exploding barbed wire death match is what's going to headline AEW Revolution, AEW World Title Match, John Moxley against Kenny Omega. What is happening with this? It's, just, it's insanity, right? I mean, it is. We were these, like, this list of what could be the Revolution main event was not on any of the list. No. We're being honest with ourselves. Um, it should have been, though, because these, these guys are both lunatics. I'll say this much. I was nowhere near as high on their um, Winter Is Coming match as like a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for, if you're going to run it back, doing saying this is insane as this. I am not the guy to ask because I genuinely am not sure I've seen one of these matches in full in my life. Um, I have my blind spots. If you listen to this show, you can imagine why I've, I've not quite dived into that realm of the professional wrestling industry. Um, I think, I mean, the best way to capture it is like, at best, it's an awesome spectacle. At worst, it's an insanely hilarious spectacle in front of like, 50 dudes sitting around the ring cheering and clapping. Like, it's going to be ridiculous in this setting, but, like, you know, God bless, man. I mean, it's 
it's a wild fit. But it's happening. Get ready for it. I don't know. Um, we, we weren't doing the show at the time they had their lights out match at full gear, right. which I was at. And I don't know how often we've talked about it, but what did you think of that match? I thought the reaction to it was very like over the top personally. Like I thought it was a fun, you know, fun's probably the wrong word cause it's pretty cool. But like, I, I thought, again, it's spectacle. I think was the word for it. You know, it was yeah. wild. And it was, but I didn't think it was like, I didn't think it crossed the line of, Oh my God, I don't want to watch this anymore. Uh, this, by its very nature, is a very different thing, right? I mean, this isn't a you know clean slate, do what you want, guys. This is very much restricted to you. This is what you've got to work with, okay? And historically, from what I can gather, you know, the the drama in these matches is very much built in the kind of the um, the ability to like maximize each of those moments in a fashion where there's a tension as to oh my god, it's about to happen now, you know? And it's like you're on the edge of your seat. That feels like saying that's really limited, not with like a full arena of fans. But at the same time, it's such an absurd idea visually that it probably doesn't need any fans. You know, it's like, it's like, for example, here's a comparison for you. You know, the, the, uh, our friends at Impact Wrestling, Executive of the Year, Scott Demore and all those, they did the, uh, what was the gimmick they put on Sammy and Eddie's last match? Oh, um, that was just like, a, a barbed wire, barbed right. wire massacre. Yeah. And they were doing, I thought it was a fine match, but they were doing like the traditional like teases, right? Where it's like, oh, will he? Won't he? And in an empty building, it's just weird. It's a weird vibe, but it's so, you know, kind of stark. It's still kind of effective. You had explosions into this thing. I mean, it's, it's going to be something to see, right? I mean, even the most cynical non AEW guys gave like, well, I probably am going to just try to watch that match just to see what it looks like. That's where I'm at right now. But I, to your question, I liked their match at Full Gear 2019. I was being in the crowd. I was a little uncomfortable at full gear 2019. It, it's not my style of wrestling. It's just, it's just not. And the stuff they were doing, it was certainly a spectacle. The glass stuff really got me. And I understand like it wasn't real glass. Like they're chopping off fingers with this stuff, but I was just like, Oh, this is a little much for me. Uh, a couple things could hurt this. One is like no fans. And I'm sure the guys at, the, at ringside will be good. Like they'll probably let in a good amount of fans. Probably like the most fans they've had uh, since they've let in fans will probably be there for Revolution. So the building, it'll look nice. It'll sound good. But the bigger concern is like this is clearly going to be another 20 hour show on a Sunday, not even a Saturday. Like you're gonna put this at the end of it. Yeah. It's gonna it's going to be tough. Like you, you're appealing to a certain audience with this. And I'm not sure like the AEW audience wants to be like, yeah, let's watch exploding barbed wire death matches between Kenny Omega and John Moxley at the end of a 20 hour show on a Sunday. I mean, we're going to find out whether that's the case <laughs> or not, which is the beauty it is. But I think there's an interesting conversation we had about the show, right? Like, so I think outside of last February, which is, oh my God, it's now a year ago. That sounds very scary. But you know the revolution build for last year? Everyone yeah. agrees was great, right? Yeah. I mean, outside of that, the last few months of AWTV, I would say going back to like winter is coming probably, I think has been their best TV. I think they've done the best job of leaving like hooks on the end of shows, of having like kind of wow moments as well as some stuff of substance. But what's interesting is all of that, you know, in that time, we're always heading towards revolution. There's not been any pay-per-view in between. We've done a few TV specials. I get that. 
But they're just episodes of Dynamite in reality. And I don't know... I'm not here to say it's bad by any means. I don't know if Revolution as a card thus far... So what matches do we have? We have the Tags, Matt and Hangman, the Street Fight, which I want to talk about in a minute, and the main event. Is that all we have right now? There's a six-person ladder match that they like casually okay. added last night. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if right now Revolution reflects just how fun Dynamite has been which isn't a criticism necessarily of Revolution. I just wish it felt more like the the final chapter of a bunch of stories we've been telling, whereas thus far to me, it only feels like that in like half of those cases. You know? Does that make any sense? Like, like we spoke before, MJF and Jericho versus the Young Bucks is not a, it's not a rivalry. It's literally just started. We're two weeks away, three weeks away. The six-man is, is what it is. It's a spotty, you know, six guys going to do cool moves with a ladder. I get that. The street fight is very much what I just said, but it's like a weird version of it where it kind of feels stalled. I think they fixed that last night. Do you, are you with me? Like, do you think revolution could feel more? I truly cannot wait for that event. Or does it feel more like just like it's some cool matches? Well, we talked about it. I mean, we've talked about it in previous weeks. We didn't know what the world title match was going to be. We, we kind of speculated that, Oh, they're probably just going to do a four way. Like Omega's involved Mm -hmm. with a bunch of different people. Like you're throwing Kenta in the mix as well. It seems like it's going to be some type of multi-man match, and it's like nope, exploding barbed wire death match. And like I'm all for a Moxley Omega rematch because um, they they talked about when Jericho lost the title of hey yeah you get a rematch for the title and then Jericho never got his rematch which, which fine and now Moxley does but it seems like even Omega was surprised by it. oh you slipped in a rematch clause like this is something they've specifically mentioned of yeah there's there's a rematch clause in there for the person who loses i'm fine with moxley and omega they have been building this but there's just they've taken a weird route to it because remember like moxley lost and then like he was just off television for a couple of weeks like he wasn't he he came back he was like pissed that he lost but he was off tv for a couple of weeks and like wasn't even he should have been more upset i feel like the way he got screwed out of the Mm -hmm. title on that and then yeah they've they've added phoenix to the mix they've added archer to the mix kenta was in there um so they've done they've done a bunch of different things it doesn't feel like he's been a direct build to moxley and omega and they still got a couple of weeks to like really heat that up a little bit more uh the women's title or the women's tournament is what that is like you're building a tournament there right yeah. uh yeah the six person like that was just randomly thrown in on mm-hmm. cody was on commentary it's like oh yeah we're doing a, a six person title match the jericho the tag team title match we we talked about in previous weeks like we we talked ourselves into proud and powerful winning because it seemed like oh there's an actual good storyline there with the inner circle and then you can do bucks and good brothers instead it's like two separate storylines merging together and they tried to add heat to this last night with the inner circle attacking uh the young bucks but it's still two separate things because then you're cutting back to omega and good brothers like "Ah, let's unsave them and stuff so it still feels like two separate storylines that they're having trouble merging into one mm-hmm. to get to the stacked and title match the street fight is the one where it's been i mean they've been building that since darby and cage like i feel like five months yeah. ago um yeah. or darby and taz five months ago so that's been good you're right it's been like stalled a little bit and it just feels like it's taken forever to get there now we're at a point where Sting taking the power bomb last night, where they added like some actual true heat to this match. That's that was a great segment. I don't want to talk about it, but I I think the key is if you have twelve pay per views a year, you will have shows where you're like you're doing something that's like a bridge to your actual. You know, like so for example, 
you know, the Young Bucks, the Good Bros, we want to do that next month. Revolution's going to have to be a merge of two different angles. I get that. The problem is they have four, right? Yeah. So it does feel a little <laughs> bit odd, but... Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like they've been building... Like, like you said, if the if you have four big pay-per-views, it should feel like every single pay-per-view is a blow-off to something you've been building for right. a long time. And this does yes. not feel like that. Yeah, and it's not to say it's, it looks bad, because I, I actually think the Hardy and Hangman stuff's been like pretty good TV, so I haven't even got a problem with that. I'm just saying... It does feel as though it should, you know, there should be. It should be more like we're climbing up this mountain top to get to revolution, and it it kind of does in some ways. But I do think it has to be said. I mean, that Sting segment I thought was so impactful, but yeah. that made Team Taz, and it wasn't even Team Taz; it was just Cage, um, Cage and Taz, really, and Hook, of course. It was really just like such a simple thing. They challenged Sting, they dared him to put his back down, and they killed the man. Like, Cage laid him out with one move. He looked like an absolute beast for it. And Sting, that, that closing shot... Oh my God, what's happened? That's very scary. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, good. The, the very scary, Jeremy. The headphones broke. This I heard it. Bad. I heard Oh, no, this is bad. This is very bad. Maybe You're go, good Neil. here. You're good on our end. Okay, good. Well, I'm just very concerned about my headphones. They're popping in and out. This is bad. Okay. <laughs> Cage, Cage laid out the Sting, and the closing shot, the closing shot of Sting looking up at the lights, the dead man walking, was very sad and tremendous heat. I liked it very much. The overhead shot of that was was absolutely tremendous, what they got on Sting there. Um, bless Sting. I did not think that. Now it's echoing, Joseph. What's happening? This is very, very bad. It appears my headphones <laughs> broke live on air. Seems bad. <laughs> Jeremy, seems very bad. Corner three <laughs> may now be a full game of second option. Gonna be honest here. Do you not have spare headphones? Hold fire. You have to host the show separately for a moment. Stay there, Jeremy. <laughs> I've never Stay done there. this before. Never done this before. Um, I will talk about <laughs> now I can change my profile picture to what Joseph has. Uh there we go. Right, right in the middle there. <laughs> um Sting taking that powerbomb. Did not expect Sting to take that powerbomb at all. I, when we've talked about this show, or when we've talked about this match before, I thought Sting might take a bump, bump or two, like a nice little small, it was like, like a clothesline bump or something, maybe a scoop slam, maybe a scoop slam. I figured Sting would just be dishing out, you know, the, the backhand chops and the punches and everything. Starks would be bumping around like a madman for him. He'd power slam Brian Cage or something, something like that would happen uh, with Sting. But Darby would be taking the majority of the bumps for the team. Uh, and then we got... Here's Joseph. Are your headphones working? I hope so. They seem like it. They're, it they're not coming good. out anymore. Okay. Seems good. It seems good. fine. We're All right, good. Uh, what I was saying is I did not expect Sting to be taking too many bumps in this match. I thought Ricky would be bumping around. Darby would be bumping around. Maybe Sting scoop slams Brian Cage or something. But Sting wouldn't be... He, just take maybe a flat back bump or two. That was kind of it. He took a power bomb last night. I'm now worried about what this man's going to do on pay-per-view. He might set himself on fire and jump off the stage. Like that, that could be what happens with Sting. Are we, okay, here we go. Inside baseball. Are we dismissing the chance that this was some kind of shenanigans, some sort of camera effect deal. They took a very close shot, very, very close shot up for the power bomb on, on the bump. And also, Stang, our friend Stang, was wearing like long sleeve shirt, and appeared potentially to be wearing a lot of a, a lot of padding. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm not alleging. I'm simply asking Luther to DM me what happened. 
I mean, I look, I honestly hope he had some good padding on for, for that. Like, bless him. He doesn't need to be taking that with, with no padding on. I don't think it was a a gimmick shot, though, like a, shooting a fireball out of out of your arm or anything. Like it should it have was. been. <laughs> should have, they should have had someone else take it. They should have had the stunt double from WCW just bring him go. back to take the power bombs. There you go. But no, you're right. It was, and I think we talk about good and bad heat a lot. I think it was good heat in that, like, I actually gasped. And, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Because the thing is, everyone's going to sell their can. If we just assume he took the bump, like, we don't know what his health's like, right? Come on. Like, it's not, you know, it's not pretend otherwise. But it got, it was very effective, if nothing else. It was super effective. Uh, Drew Nicholas says, I jumped off my couch when the back slammed into the mat. Love Sean's comparison to when Edge speared Elias. I mean, Edge speared Elias and, like, he hit the move. It showed that, all right, he can do something physical. Edge wasn't taking a power bomb bump for his first bump when he had wrestled in however many years at that point. I guess it would have been like nine years at that point. So it's a little bit different than him like spearing Elias. Sean's comparison's wrong. You should listen to us, not Sean. I mean, to be fair, Sean's headphones never break in the middle of a show. So <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I, I do remember though that being a big gasp moment. So yeah, it was. I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It was. Um, I mean, bless Sting. I'm now worried about, again, what he's going to do at the pay-per-view. Stang, you mean? Stang. Stang? Yeah. yeah. I hope he doesn't find himself hopping like a higher, some sort of higher platform and then plummet in fire, in flames to his death. That'd be very sad. Joseph, I already made this joke. On this show? Yeah, like two minutes ago. Not was even... I here? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. You sure I was here? Pretty sure. Was it, when I was, was, was it when I was ready to make Joel Pearl the new host of the show? Because it, it, so. That's not happening. Uh, it, was when, <laughs> it was when you had uh, just come back. Maybe your headphones weren't completely fixed by that point. Yes, I believe, I believe that's the case. Because, I mean, I, granted, I am a terrible listener, but that would be next level. I don't feel I've done that a lot on this show. I've been doing it for a long time. Nonetheless, AEW, <laughs> there it is, folks. Anything else from AEW? <clears throat> I've always a very good show. Um, the, the tag title match wasn't as good as I thought it would be. But Riho and Serena was even better than I thought it would be, and the main event was as good as I thought it would be. So to conclude, it was a very good show. I mean, I think the women's, uh, the you know, the Serena-Rio match I just mentioned, I don't want to keep referring to it as the women's match. Seems disrespectful. With that being said, it was probably the best women's match they've hosted on Dynamite, I would say. That was, it gave me like... Cruiserweight classic on WCW Nitro vibes, man. It was it was awesome. Really good stuff. Really, I like Brit and Sheeta from last year. Better what with the nose Sheeta. and all that good business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch it. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both great. I I just think Serena's so good. Like, she hasn't missed in these matches, man. She's been yeah. tremendous. Rob Bogan says, "I love how the camera made it look like Sting regretted his decision immediately. Unless I missed it, did Shivani not yell out Sting?" Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I mean, it was it, the point Rob made initially was definitely true. The, the, it was a tremendous, like, like a reality check feel to it, didn't it? It was like, oh man, this you're an old man, Sting. Yeah, yeah. His his selling of that was very good. I don't know how much of it was just selling and how much of it was shit that really hurts. Imagine like that's the whole thing. Like they sign Sting. And in the street fight, he just gets the shit kicked out of him. He's never seen again. They're just right <laughs> off stairs. Like, that was the idea. He just wanted to show you he's old. Leave him alone now. Let him retire. <laughs> That'll be good. It'll be actually good. Let's just tell Lou for a minute. It'll be good. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, switching gears to NXT. Guys, we did the NXT TakeOver post-show on Sunday, so we're not going to rehash a lot of that. Go check that out. Uh, Alex McCarthy, who stubbed us on some exclusives that he could have you know, dropped on that show for us, instead just you know broke it on his own website his own twitter account like we give him this platform and then he's ungrateful he was yeah he was despicable frankly i mean he didn't name drew mcintyre <laughs> as his favorite NXT champion he was just honestly i think we should ban him that's fair i mean actually no i don't because i think you know he's a good contact to have so i'm gonna say to jeremy leave alex alone that's what i'm saying that's my that's my take on this actually no anyway. i look i you are enough Brit for me. I don't need more. Yeah. All right, I don't need more. <laughs> Brit, my mom can. Brit my Baker. mom can only understand. Britt Baker's fine. My mom can only understand, not understand one Brit at a time. All right. Can you get your mother to do a comparison between my voice and Alex's voice, please? Yes, I'll do that. I'll have her listen to the Takeover show, and then I will do uh, Gary Cassidy's voice. That's a dub. That's, that's, no need. that's that's like saying LeBron, hey, can you get past like JJ Reddick? Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. That's fine. Alex feels more formidable foe, you know? Okay. I feel I'll lose that one, but I want to see. I will, I will have her uh, do a compare and contrast, and then I'll post the results on Twitter. <laughs> He's really over, man. Alex is a big deal. Mm. He's a big – I mean, he he's a numbers spiker, you know? In this business, you have guys, they retweet your stuff. Alex McCarvey retweets it. Oh, my got the blue tick i mean that's that's what it is game changer yeah. he's over man i'm telling you he's the he's the uh the game triple h of our industry yeah I'm, that's mean joseph that's mean <laughs> he loves the game he loves he the game does he'll take it as a compliment that's <laughs> all that matters alex right uh nxt last night wednesday night closed with Adam Cole taking out Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, standing tall with the NXT Championship. I thought this closing angle was great. I love the Undisputed Era split. I did not completely care for the, the opening segment. I like Kyle's promo. I like Roddy's portion. Once like Finn came out and then it was ta- uh, they were attacked by Kings of NXT and it kind of turned into... It basically turned into an angle that didn't have as much to do with Undisputed Era. Uh, I could have lived without it. I want to see like the Undisputed Era split and Adam Cole chasing the title. Move on from the, the Pete Dunne stuff. Interesting. I, I agree with Traverse, the opening segment. To me, it was a very good example. Well, not bad by any means. It was a very good example of like where that presentation falls short. Because rather than it being like... Let's imagine the show opens on a sort of NWA power-esque podium, right? And it's Kyle O'Reilly with a microphone. He's shouting down the camera and he's saying, you know, one answers. Roddy walks in. Finn walks in. Okay, that's one thing. There's a sense of chaos. When everyone's music's hitting and when everyone's doing their dialogue, it yeah. just feels so like it immediately went from being red hot angle to, okay, now we're back in the playbook. You know, now we're back just doing another segment. The archetype segment we've seen a million times over for different reasons. It didn't fit. Um, whether that you think their dialogue was good or not, or their delivery was good, it just I just thought it limited the angle. I like the, the match they closed with, even though I get your your concern. I think um I think in this is not a knock. Please get don't get upset at me, NXT fans. Do you not think the whole Kyle O'Reilly thing is like a really good encapsulation of how few people watch that show? on social 
Because, like, when I watched the show, I was like, oh, man, we got, like, like why did we sell this Kyle O'Reilly thing? But the talent was, too, so maybe not. Maybe it's that's the, why we sold it. But, like, it was, it made perfect sense that they would do the angle after watching the match, but we're not watching it. I didn't know they did any of that. <laughs> I was worried about Kyle. It's, I don't know. It's strange. Well, let's get into that. Um, I missed the whole discourse that happened after it. I saw NXT. I saw the the pump kick, which looked like it, it killed them. Uh, and then I saw the brain buster, which was very good as well. And then I logged off. I come back on. People are saying that O'Reilly had suffered a seizure. They they saw him get stretchered out. They were very concerned with O'Reilly. Like wrestlers were tweeting concern. Like Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, they were all con- tweeting concern for Kyle O'Reilly. And then Ryan Satin put out there, it was just an angle, like things are fine. And then O'Reilly kind of played into the angle more today. People got concerned also because like Triple H was out there like in his street clothes and like overseeing him getting stretched off. So they're like, oh man, he's really concerned. I think two things here. First, the footage, like if you're going to do this, like get the footage out there immediately. So people know it's an angle off of that. Second, it just seemed like it was an a Twitter overreaction because people used the word seizure and O'Reilly with his diabetic history, they came concerned. That's fine. That's great. Like people should have been concerned uh, for O'Reilly with all of that. But like, I think the footage should have been out there a little bit quicker to just let everyone know, Hey, this is is a completely an angle. Like that's why they, they gave it to satin of like, Hey, tell everyone everything. It's fine. Like you're Mm -hmm. our guy. Tell everyone it's fine. I thought the angle like, it's great. The fact that there was, like, this genuine concern for him is great. I just hate how the genuine concern came about. Yeah, I, and again, it's like, so obviously the most important thing is O'Reilly's good, which yeah. was all everyone's concern. But it, it was interesting that, like, from my perspective, as I just watched Dynamite, I knew Kyle would wrestle in the main event, but just reading, it firstly shows you how quickly in our minds we just believe shit, which is bad, or, like, me included. So... To me, it was like, okay, he's wrestled the match, then he has collapsed. This sounds terrible. But again, like after watching it, it was like, okay, I get it. I think there's a debate to be had about like who this... Because when you send Triple H out there, it's the equivalent of when you do the X thing, where it's yeah. like, we're trying to work well, the fans that are in on the bit, right? I agree, but like Triple H was out there for like the McAfee-Adam Cole pull-apart. So like he'll get involved in this sort of stuff. And obviously that whole thing was an angle. I think it does add like an element of, you know, realness to it. And okay, then you can go to, all right, well, who are you trying to, to fool here? But like, I don't think you can have it both ways of, hey, we want our wrestling to be like more real and, you know, less kind of over the top scripted stuff. And then try to do something like this, where you're trying to get actual sympathy and actual concern on somebody by doing an angle like this and then being mad when that's that's the end result of it. I think but the, the key is what you mentioned about posting the footage, right? Yes. If this airs on the show, it works no one. Right. So then, but then does that make it less effective? Clearly, by not doing it on the show and not posting on social, the idea was, and and this is not a criticism, that's what wrestling is, it's pulling the word of people's eyes, I get it. What I'm saying is, though, is, I'm not talking to you, Jeremy, I'm talking to Jeremy. (laughs) What I'm saying is, is by doing it that way, where you do it after the show, knowing you have fans there, you're clearly like, you know someone's going to post this. So you want to get genuine concern. That's fine. He's a baby face. I understand it. I'm just wondering if this is a very interesting moment where we should actually look at like, like is the people that watch NXT, just imagine, okay, this goes perfectly. No one thinks seizure. And everyone's like, oh shit, it's Carl okay. And he comes back in two weeks and they say, okay, at this day, he's wrestling Adam Cole. 
does the network subscription number go up one point, one thousand, one man, if it's you know if people believe that two weeks ago Carl was legitimately hurt? I have no clue. This is obviously old, as old as wrestling gets. This is what you do, right? You what you convince people. Does the audience today, particularly the people that watch NXT, because we know it's more niche audience, do they want to be fooled? Is the interesting part of this conversation? And I'm not saying there's right or wrong. I'm just thinking, I think it's a real thing. Because you could see the response yesterday. It was like, hey, don't do that to me. It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they want to be fooled or not, really. I'm not like, Joel Pearl, do you want to be fooled? NXT guy Joel Pearl? Like, do, do you want to be fooled by this? Like, I, I like it. You know, if it didn't mm-hmm. create the concern that it created, I, I think it's great. Because I do, me, personally speaking, I like when there's an element of, you know, what's kind of what's kind of real here, what's yeah. kind of not. Uh, yeah, if they do it to close the show, obviously it becomes a thing of, it's right, an angle. Is, right. yeah, it's an angle. If you release the footage immediately afterwards, you still know it's an angle. I, I Like the biggest thing is that the, the fan just used the word seizure and then people took took that and were like, oh man, you know, because of his history, it's like, oh man, th- this isn't good at all mm. like if people are just like posting photos and stuff and there is a concern about it and then like they release the footage and then they and then o'reilly post the update and stuff um then i i don't think it's that bad because then like once once they release the footage once o'reilly posts his update today be like oh my neck's hurt and everything then you know it's an angle right like the adam yeah. cole the adam cole pat mcafee stuff like people people were legitimately fooled by that of oh man is this an angle or not like what's going on and by a couple hours later once they kept tweeting about it and stuff like okay this is is clearly an angle once it's like mcafee's gonna show up okay it's clearly here's the thing though the mcafee deal is different because to get pat's audience you needed to have a promo exchange that felt authentic right this doing it that way meant that the people that would know kyle got stretched out until next week were the people that are, like, firmly in the bubble. It's like when you would do the thing of, like, leaking this guy's left the promotion, and he hasn't. It's that deal, right? You're you're working within that niche, which isn't bad or good. I'm just saying that's, that's what it was, I think. The Mecca, even, I think, was more of a publicity stunt. You know? Yeah. I, I think there's a deal, but I get what you're saying. Um, it's just... I, I remember vividly being at um, Gargano and Champa. And everyone's booing Chamber, and it was great. People kept saying it's old school heat, but it wasn't, was it? Because like, like, look, I was there. I'm, I'm promise you, Jeremy. No one was in the car park ready to kill Tommaso Chamber. Okay, <laughs> and guess what? I think that's good. I think wrestling fans, if you give them a story that's compelling, will play their part willingly. Without you know, without ever questioning whether or not they're watching is real or fake. But is it as sincere an emotion as if you really fool people, this guy's hurt, which as we just established among the NXT audience, as soon as his stretcher angle is on television, every person that watches NXT goes, that's just another angle. I've seen this a million times before. Wrestling's in a weird time now, man. I don't know what, what I'm saying is he's like, is you know back in the, in the tradition in the historic mindset, it's like you do an angle like that to evoke emotions. So people put their money on the on the table and say, "I'm going to go buy a ticket." Obviously, now you can't do that anyway. But like, even if you could, does it affect business? I have no clue. I honestly don't. 
How would you have handled it, Joseph? Like, what would you have done? Me, I would have done the exact thing that I did just on camera. But then that goes into the problem we just touched on of like, but then does anyone buy it? Probably not. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, you, like you're not causing any trouble by doing that, but you're also just playing so within the guidelines that no one really buys it. You're just doing an angle for the sake of it. But then the problem is when you do things like this, not this in particular, but just if you generally do stuff where you're working the, the bubble fam, then the problem is when real shit happens, people question everything. And we've seen it to disgusting levels, right? Where yeah. terrible things happen and fans go, hang on a second. What I can't dismiss that fan because the art of wrestling is fooling people. Historically, that's what wrestling is. It's pulling the wall people's eyes. I need to stress again, I'm not saying it's the right or wrong. I just think we are in a we all need to kind of like try and figure out what wrestling is, what the audience is, who we try to work and what for. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting point in the timeline almost. Even though thankfully the biggest thing is Carl's okay. I did think what you know, what could have happened here? Would it have been good for business, or does it now just remove goodwill for the more cynical fan that's like, oh, bullshit, and they don't really read the, you know, they wasn't trying to get a seizure angle over. I get that. But some fans won't look into it that much. They're like, oh, they were lying to us. No clue. That's that's where fans, like, you're not going to appeal to every fan, obviously. Right. Um, that's where, you know, certain fans, certain fans just aren't going to, like, it's not going to connect with them with that. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, they're not trying to work a seizure angle. JJ JJ makes a point, and I was going to make a similar point. Like, you know, before social media and everything, if you run this angle, it's just it's out. They'll show the footage next week, and you're like, okay, yes. it's clearly yeah. an angle. Itself. There's nothing to like blow it up even more. Maybe you put out there on on dot com that like, hey, this happened after the show or whatever. Again, if if it was me, I would have done the angle and I would have posted it on social. Mm-hmm pretty like an hour or two afterward. Cause this is what they did um, after, after takeover, they had like extra footage from takeover from the attack and whatnot. And AEW does this all the time where they have, Oh, here's the backstage footage. Like after the show is over posted an hour or two after it just became a thing because people just blew it up for it. Right. I don't know who, the, who they were trying to work because they didn't clue. And Hannah says, uh, so for me, I had friends there that kept saying it was clear. He wasn't okay. And then friends backstage, that were concerned too. No one had any idea. Again, Dakota Kai, Mia Yim were tweeting like, Hey, I hope he's okay. And I think that made it, again, made it worse for the fans who do genuinely care, which is a lot of them on social media. Um, And then you're not, you're not working. uh, I mean, you are working like your own talent and stuff, but like, I don't, I don't see an issue with that. Mm -hmm. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I don't see it because like, they should you shouldn't have to clue everybody in like don't hold yeah. a big meeting backstage and be like hey we're gonna do the stretcher angle after the show like you don't have to do all that so this is the thing is you know better than i like it's a big topic for wrestling history like when you work the boys right which is you know obviously a tale as old as time but what was interesting about here was again if no talent tweets anything about kyle we all then know it's bullshit so whether yeah. they, they, for all we know, the talent was working with, I'm, you know, I don't know if Hannah spoke, so I don't know for everyone, but like, take Dakota. This, for all we know, she was standing next to Kyle when she tweeted it. I don't know the situation, right? But what she did effectively was, in a professional wrestling sense, she made us believe the angle. That's the idea. But it certainly felt as though, being on social last night, it didn't have the effect that we're used to having. So for example, JJ said about once upon a time, 
you do that angle in your TV, in your TV studio for a show that's coming out that night, say, okay? And you're going to be back next week. The people that were there are going to leave the arena and say to their friends, I really got stretched out. That's as much as you get. There's a real mystique to that, right? It's like, oh, what happened? We've social, as JJ pointed out, I don't know if any of us have figured out the right or wrong way. Because the problem is, if you work within the, if you just do stuff that the audience will like and your heels are very much part of the show, pantomime villains, you end up in a predicament where you can argue there's no heat. And I wouldn't disagree. Like, for example, Kenny Omega on AW, okay? He's irritating, right, as a character. He does a good job. No one in the AW audience hates him. No, not one person. I, my fandom is at a point where I'm fine with that. I think that's where wrestling's going anyway. Cool. They're, you boo him, you know, wink, wink, very wink, wink wrestlers now. But is, but when he loses the title, will there be the same amount of passion there is when a, a, a hated villain loses it? I have no clue. I don't know. I can't speak for the whole audience. But there is an evolution of sorts among the fans' relationship with the art. I don't know if any of us have got a good grip on. I certainly don't. Clearly, let me try to talk about the last 20 minutes. Like, it's, it's, it's complex, right? It is interesting. My instinct's what you say. They try to work us. Good. But- I, I think the issue, at least in this situation, is just the term seizure and O'Reilly being diabetic. If people right. just post the photo of him, you know, just being attended to, looking in rough shape and everything, and then even wrestlers are tweeting like, oh, man, I hope O'Reilly's okay, and there's that concern for him, then in like a wrestling sense of, oh, did he get hurt during this angle? Did he get, you know, did the brain buster hurt him? Did the pump Mm. kick hurt him? Did he get hurt as part of what happened on television? I think that's good concern. And then especially after, again, you post the footage, you post, um, uh, you you, O'Reilly post his update and everything. I think that's fine. It's when you throw in like the seizure term that people, like the concern shoots up tenfold. Yeah. I also think it's important to defend them in the sense that, not important, I don't give a shit, but like... In fairness to them, this wasn't a case where they did a match, O'Reilly was fine, and then as the show went off the air, he collapsed, and people went, oh my god, he's had a seizure. It was, as you just mentioned, within the fabric of the match that Kyle got seriously damaged. Yeah. So it it wasn't... The key is, though, is... And again, I don't want to keep going in circles, so I apologise for watching this, but what's interesting is my way of doing it wouldn't have fooled anyone. Jeremy's way of doing it would have fooled people for an hour or so, but I still think when you post it on social, everyone goes, he's fine. But what they yeah. actually had to do was just send it as a news story, which honestly fools even less people. So the real way of doing it for he, as absurd as this sounds, but yes, folks, this is the, what we watch every week, would have been just being dead quiet and let people worry about poor Kyle O'Reilly. Again, whether that works. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Your 600,000 bit, I have no clue. I'm just someone trying to figure it out. But it is certainly a, an evolving relationship between the audience and the performance it's very odd i don't know uh drew nicholas says a classic stretcher angle but kyle is such a great seller with a legit medical history that people were worked as you said social media took off don't know who really is to blame i don't know if you like you don't have to blame anybody no i don't I know think it's an interesting conversation yeah i agree yeah, yeah i don't i don't think there is anybody to blame like i don't blame o'reilly for selling it i don't blame his co-workers and fans for being concerned yeah. i don't blame wwe for for doing it like this it, their intent was not to have it blow up in a seizure kind of a way. Yeah, and, um, and also... I think that's who you blame, is the guy who didn't actually know what was going on and said it was a seizure. That's very fair. I think, But I also think we always say that Brown needs a hot angle. They just got a hot angle, and this was, a, in theory, a hot follow-up to that angle. Yeah. So I, I can't question it. I just think it is fascinating. That, clearly, the intention was, by doing it off-air, this will create some sense of doubt, which is what, again, wrestling is about. So it just it's inter- it seems like that audience, more than ever, just they don't want to have doubt. And I get it, man. I was w- very worried last night. Like, my initial reaction was, oh, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just, I, I do wonder what this next kind of dynamic is for, for, the, for the industry. Because it just it feels like it's changed a lot. It really does. Hannah said the first guy just said he was being tended to by doctors and some dude stole one pick, claimed it was a seizure. He wasn't even there. Like to me, that's the issue. I think running these types of angles are completely fine. And especially if you can get like some genuine concern out of it, Um, because in the end, like we're going to know when it's an angle and when it's not. And I don't think at least my thing, I don't think wrestling fans are going to be mad if they get worked. And I think this is kind of discussion. Are wrestling fans going to be mad if they get worked? I, I don't think wrestling fans are, would get mad if they get worked. It's definitely better than, you know, when like, um, I mentioned earlier, it's better than a promotion leaking information. That's false to do a swerve that is purely like inside baseball. You know, like this guy's going, his contract's expired and his contract hasn't expired. You're just popping people that read like our shit. You know, like it's the, this is an actual wrestling angle because it's an injury, which works very much within the fabric of a feud. So I agree. In theory, I'm totally with it. I just, man, like, do we think they won here? <laughs> like, it seems like they lost. I don't know. It seems like this was the opposite of what they needed. I don't know. Yeah, but that, it does seem like it was the opposite, but. I, and I don't put that on them. Like, I think they no, were yeah, trying yeah. to do the right thing. It just, unfortunately, the the way it played out, it, it kind of backfired on them. You, but, here's a question. Do you think if it happens on Raw or SmackDown, do you think there's a difference? 
well, Bruce isn't coming out there in his uh, T-shirt and jeans and looking over the fiend Bray Wyatt as he's been burnt alive and being like, right. hose him off, take him to the hospital, take yeah. him to the fire department. I just, I, I honestly do think that if AEW wasn't on this week and we all watched the next tee, I truly believe, even with that dude's seizure tweet, which obviously, yeah, that was dumb. I truly believe we would have, more of us would have got it. Yeah. I just didn't realize that it was a thing that when the show had went off the air, it was established Carl was messed up. You know? So I, it's obviously, it's very complex. I don't know, dude. It's, He's like got two monitors, time. Joseph. You got to watch both yeah. both shows at once. No, never, never ever done that. Um, <laughs> it's just it's 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 a weird one. We've spoken about it for long enough. I get that, but I'm interested in what people think of it because the reactions after it had been revealed, you know, in pretty again, not knocking anyone, but it's pretty transparent how it was revealed. Right? It was like just get this finish this talk now. Yeah. Um. I was just left sitting there like, man, I don't know. Maybe they could have just done the stretcher angle on TV and no one would have bought it, but no one would have been upset. I have no clue. Dude. I don't know. I don't know what wrestling is at this point. Are we just watching exhibition matches between people like without we're doing? Do, do any of us have yeah, the I same AEW? Yeah, do we do we have the same sincere emotional connection to the results that we would have if we actually hated one of these people? No clue. Not not an idea. Absolutely no clue. Joseph, what do you make of Kyle O'Reilly now, like you've you you've hyped him up as a big time baby face, and you think they're going to put the belt on him at some point. I think I really think they're going to do Cole and Finn at WrestleMania. I think you can hold it off that long. If not, I think you can do Cole and O'Reilly at WrestleMania. I think you got to put that NXT title on one of these WrestleMania nights. I think you do. I think you would do a ballad title defense on one. And O'Reilly and Cole on the other would be my suggestion. Oh, so you get two NXT matches. That's what I would do. And I would also do um, an EO match too, personally. I mean, it's the third brand, right? That's what you tell me all the time, Jeremy Lambert. Come on. That's what they tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of you telling me. It'd be great. Um, I just think, for as many people as the main roster has, in fear of Sam Smith, I don't know how many interesting matchups I'll make with these people on Raw and SmackDown at this point, Jeremy. It's di- it's difficult, you know. There's not like twenty multi-man matches, twenty multi-man, twenty multi-women matches. There you go. Like it's just you know, like what singles matches are jumping off the page for you? Like we know the guys are going to get them, right? Like Randy will be in something, AJ will be in something. Who on SmackDown will be in the non-title stuff? Brian and Seth probably something like that. Yeah, I'm sure you can find space for three matches from NXT on a on a two-day show. Maybe not, though. Even I think there's a very good chance what you said is true, which is that Cole is going to win the belt. Finn will move. Because Finn's seemingly said today he thought he was going to be in NXT for three months. So, this isn't seemingly, Joseph. I transcribed the quote. Give you me some credit here. Credit to Jeremy. He transcribed the quote. So <laughs> in that sense, um, it could very well be that Finn drops the belt and moves on up again. Sorry, sideways to one of the other brands. And then you would have Kyle chasing Cole. Kyle was an interesting fit as top baby face because he's not like, you know, he's not a natural promo guy. But like, is that really a thing at this point on that show? I mean, I yeah, love Finn, but yeah, like he wasn't, you know, Finn wasn't Dusty Rhodes, was he? Finn's you know, talking like, about cats and mouse yeah. and stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, he's in rings, obviously remarkable. I, I'd be happy for Kyle for that. I, I also think 
it would be fun if Kyle stays as top babyface and after he beats Cole, the other three guys go up as a, as a trio for the main roster. So there's 101 ways to do it. I, I think it should be good pro wrestling regardless. The key is, and again, credit to them, they try to do it this week for, by hook or by crook, it, it's having interest in television. It's just, it's, it's been a problem for them for me since I went to USA, I think. It's just stuff. Matches and a big cycle of just like, okay, then they're going to wrestle this. We need angles, and if it takes stuff like this that maybe backfired, you gambled, it didn't go as you hoped, social media makes things different, I understand that. But you do need, you know, an emotional pull and a hook to these things. It can't just be, we're on a road to this match that will be very good. You need you need a little bit more of that. So they tried this week. I, I think they're on the right track. I... I like your idea of doing two NXT matches and if they can get an EO match, like if you can do, I don't know if Raquel is quite ready to get that WrestleMania spot against EO one-on-one for the title. Um, And and I know you're not high on Tony storm and I don't know if you want to stretch out EO and Tony uh, to go all the way to WrestleMania, but an EO match would certainly be a good fit on one of the WrestleManias as well. Um, Go ahead. I've seen the suggestion of Bailey, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have a problem with that because you've got you know, the history of last year, a major star winning the NXT title. Right, you can have some fun with that. Like, I mean, obviously Bailey's, you know, Charlotte had a good run in NXT. Obviously, don't get me wrong, Bailey is like the ultimate, right? In NXT, yeah. you would say. Yes. I mean, it could be good stuff. I mean, I, I wouldn't even be opposed to her winning it, but I would be actually because Charlotte did it. That's the only reason. But the <laughs> idea in itself in a vacuum is fun. I mean, that'd be good. Like Io and Bailey, I think it would be a great match for for Mania. So. We'll see. We'll see what they do. But I think it's important that these top-tier NXT talents get at least a shot at Mania. You know, I think it's important development for the brand. Balor said he wants to wrestle. Balor didn't even know it was a two-night Mania. He was like, I heard there's rumors that it's going to be a two-night Mania. And Corey Graves is like, yeah, that's confirmed, man. Like, that's that's confirmed. And Balor's talking like there's going to be a takeover the night before all of this. Finn, Finn's very out of the loop, it would seem like, with uh, what's he going is, on right. on the other two brands. Yeah. It's very <laughs> obvious that he's just like, he's not by any means phoning it in because I think he's doing his best work, but he definitely is at a different point of his life. He's like, dude, just leave me alone. I'm going to yeah. do my matches. Just leave me to it. I, I don't need to hear about all this shit. It's good stuff. I love the Finn. He, yeah, he said he wants to wrestle both nights. He said he wanted to wrestle TakeOver and then wrestle at WrestleMania. Again, I don't think he realizes there's probably not going to be a TakeOver. Uh, so I let Finn wrestle both nights at WrestleMania. Let him wrestle Cole one night and then O'Reilly the next night, whatever. Um, I, I like that, though. If if you do Cole and O'Reilly singles match, no NXT title, who's facing Finn? I mean... Know the answer, Joseph. Yeah, we both know the answer. We don't have to do it on there. We, we both know TikTok and all that good stuff. Or you could, do, you could do, you could do, uh, Cole and O'Reilly on night one, winner faces Finn. There you go. You also do that. Yeah, I like that. That could be a star-making moment for, for one of those two guys, right? It could be pretty cool. Oh, it could easily be. And this is where, like, if you want to really put O'Reilly as that guy, like, you have him beat Adam Cole, the guy who held the title for the longest, the guy who always overshadowed him in Undisputed Era, and then he beats Finn, who's beaten him twice already the next night. Yes. Like that's, that's you're mine. putting O'Reilly over. Like You're really making him the ace of the company then. I would be really tempted to do that and then move both Cole and Finn on immediately. Because I don't think the number is like... I, I get it, I don't want to lose star power, but let's be honest. like it's The people are going to watch the NXT that watch it, right? Like It isn't like they're going to do some big casual view. I think that would be the way. Then who would you have? I guess you'd have Dunn still as, as one of the top heels, right? Like yeah. you could, 
you could adjust. Cross is still there. You can move. You can move guys from Raw and SmackDown yes. over to NXT. Of course. I should have been doing this ages ago. Of course. Like, imagine how good a Miz run would be where he gets all red faced. This is the thing. It frustrates me very much. They have the structure of like a global territory system. They yeah. just refuse. They won't do it. Like Dolph and Miz have to be on Raw and SmackDown forever. Never ever will they move on. Very sad. Now, why couldn't you move Dolph just over to NXT? He'd have some yeah. great matches there. Cesaro, you know, Brian wants to work NXT. Like, you know, he just wants to go there and face these younger guys and, and just have great 20 minute matches with them. <laughs> only if he gets the pencil, brother. He only, he only takes the territory of his book in these days. Very different, very different times with them, Brian. <laughs> Uh, I hope we get an NXT presence at WrestleMania. It's a third brand. That's what everyone says. It's a third brand. Joseph, we, I don't want to move on to Elimination Chamber yet, and we, we've still got a couple minutes before uh, O'Neal's Corner 3. Let's talk some basketball. Okay, we can do that. I mean, we won last night, so I'm, I'm fine to do that. If you asked me a day ago, I'd be like, no, we're not talking about basketball. We haven't done basketball in a long time. Joe. Yeah, I know. We've actually like killed time with wrestling. Wait, what has this show become? We've talked about wrestling. We just did like 30 minutes on just an absolute nothing. Like not even a topic. It was just talking <laughs> about like, like inside baseball bullshit. So here's the thing, Jeremy. The Sixers, actually good. Not You're fake good, actually good. Actually good. Yes. Real is Embiid, Embiid going to win MVP? I feel like that talk is cooled a little bit. I, it's because he can, misses games. Yeah. And also because LeBron James um, – Atomic dropped him, left him on his spine hanging. So, you know, I mean, I heard his physical uh, health a little bit. Ben Simmons is now a 40-point scorer. He's averaging 40. Um, you know, I just think, like, you look at Tobias Harris and you kind of, like, if you're in the wrong state of mind, you may go, like, okay, Tobias is a good basketball player. But if you're on and you're looking properly, you realise he is Michael Jordan. <laughs> and then when you pair that with Danny Green who is like, he's like painting on defense, railing on offense. And then you have Seth Curry, who's basically Steph Curry, right? Basically. basically. Like you're, oh, I mean, wait, especially. Oh, a couple letters different, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just missing a P. Yeah, he's just missing a P. <laughs> missing playoff P. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I was very confusing because I was going, I was thinking of the T in my mind, and I was like, he, the P. I was, I was trying to spell his name. It was very tough. Two, two. My apologies. But yes, the, the, the Steph Curry is good, but the Seth Curry is better. And you look at all this, you go, well, do they have a bench? And you look over, and all of a sudden, Dwight Howard's shoulders tower over you, and you go, granted, he can't catch the ball. He can't finish at the rim. But grab a, he can grab a rebound, though, Jeremy. He can grab a rebound. That's all I need and to then do. you go, what about a little bit of Shake Milton? And he starts beating people off the dribble. Tyrese Maxey only shoots floaters, exclusively shoots floaters, nothing else, not that band. Okay. You look at Mike Scott, you go, well, he's been shit for two years, but when he gets hot, who knows, right? Who knows? I think we're winning the championship, is what I'm telling you. That's what I'm getting at here, Jeremy. Um, I studied it closely. We have Furcon Corkmars, who's one of the greatest players who ever played the game. He's our eighth man or whatever. I'm looking at this. Ben Simmons is averaging 50, best defender in the league. The first truth I've said, Ben Simmons is actually the best defender in the league. Well, actually, He's the rest good. of it may be I mean, uh, like Lou Dort still exists, so let's not, let's not go crazy. It depends what you're talking here. I mean, if you're talking about like funny Twitter clips, Lou Dort, because he does the thing with a hand. <laughs> yeah? 
But Ben can guard, you know, Ben can guard all positions. Yeah, Yeah. Lou can guard one through three. Power forward, center is a little tough, but like Lou's still very good. I'm not knocking Lou though. All I'm saying is I think we're the best basketball team ever. What about the Jazz? Are you sold on them? I've only really watched them when they played us, and they beat us. But like, it wasn't. I mean, they were teams, so that wasn't super impressive. You know, Embiid wasn't playing. Yeah, Embiid wasn't playing in that game. I I still have a tough time buying into the Jazz, and probably it's probably one of those things. And like until they prove it in like the playoffs, I'm just never yeah. going to be sold on them. And that's unfair to them. But like that's just that's how they think how these things go. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's like actually taken that next step. Bless him. He's actually taken the yeah. next step in my mind. He's not just giving ISOs on Carmelo Anthony. I just, I mean, you look at what they've got, and it's like, this isn't a case of kind of one of those, like, well, how are they winning this? Well, they have a very good basketball team. I just think it's not sexy enough for some of us, right? Like, we're too busy talking about, like, big freeze and all this bullshit, you know? It's, like, you don't win nine straight games, whatever they've won. They've won, like, outside of, like, a loss to the Nuggets, they've won, like, 20 of their last 21 or something. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, You don't do that unless you're a good basketball team. It feels very... Atlanta Hawks esque, where they're mm. doing a lot of these good things, they're doing it well as a team. You get to the playoffs, and I mean, maybe Mitchell can hold his own, but like Donovan Mitchell might have to be even better than he's been in the regular season. Because uh, I don't know if these guys are going to hold up when you're talking about going up against LeBron and uh, Kawhi and all these guys. We have mere minutes here before the show hits an all time low. So let's do this now, okay? We're on 18th of February, 2021. What's the finals matchup this year, Jeremy? Lakers and Bucks. Bucks? Yeah, I'm st- I still like the Bucks. I think once Drew Holiday gets healthy, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. My honest opinion is the Nets because... Oh, I, for- I forgot about the Nets because like they're so injury-riddled yeah. that I feel like I don't... I haven't seen them enough. Yeah, yeah, Lakers, Nets, you're right. I they have too much firepower. Yeah, and it's like every buyout guy is going to just be like desperate to go Brooklyn, yeah. right? Like it just it feels like I know it's easier said than done. I get it because they have nothing to trade. Like I, I do understand it, but it feels like they have too much top tier talent to just let this season like flow. It feels like they do everything they can to add just enough around these guys, you know. So I think they'll win the East, regrettably. So um, the Bucks are interesting. I don't know. I'd need to watch them more closely. I haven't seen as much of the other teams this year, Jeremy, I must admit. Um, and I'm not like some people. I will not pretend and slander very talented basketball players just for the sake of a Twitter brand. Speaking of such, Robert O'Neill's back. Come on. Bud Ryan says, love to you. Love you too, lads. Been a great show with te- textbook malfunctions. These are my words. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Joe, your 76ers are taking the East. See, Bud Ryan believes in the Sixers. Simmons and Embiid. Oh, hell yeah. That was very good. Joe said- super chat. Oh, Joseph, do you know what time it is? Four to three. Time for Robert O'Neill's corner three. Oh, what just happened? You're playing again? Here we go. Here we go, Joseph. Let's play it one more time. The intro. History pilot. <laughs> Jeremy, I have been on this show for 14 months. I've never had a musical intro. <laughs> I've never had a sound clip intro of Mike Breen saying bang. I've never had visuals. You've had visuals, Joseph. Not like that. The man's got his own logo. Granted, it, you know, he's what he is, but I put what we did, Jeremy, a week ago, you didn't want him on the show ever again. You said he killed the territory. Twitch numbers were down. Everyone was upset. 
I was getting heat in the fight from territory. They said, why did you book him? I said, I know he can't work, but he can draw. Nick, I come back. I log off. I log back on. Jeremy says, he's got a new segment on the show every single week. I said, what's going on here? He said, now here's a logo. Here's Mike Breen. <laughs> I made this logo, and I was very proud of the low effort that I put into it. And last night at like 2 a.m., I thought, I can clip Mike Breen saying, bang, and then do it as like a little mini intro. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Proud of this. Do you know what uh what what the actual clip is for this? I'll play it again. Here we go. History Is it the famous Steph Curry one? No, that's not yeah. against the fun that you wouldn't do that. I don't know, no. It's uh Ray Allen's corner three. Oh, of course. The heat, right? Yeah. yeah. I was listening to me like, uh yeah, that's tremendous. That's extraordinary. I can't believe we're doing this for Robert O'Neill. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. Robert O'Neill is here. Hello, Robert O'Neill. What's up, guys? Robert O'Neill, you got three minutes. You are here to review Young Rock, the pilot episode. Your time starts now. Yeah, so let me uh, let me just say, I expected to not like this show very much, but it actually it grew on me over the course of a half hour. Um, you know, a lot of people have been wondering, what was The Rock like when he was a child? You know, you go down the street, everyone asks you that. You hear it all the time. So, you know, NBC is kind of letting us take a little bit of a look at that, and I appreciate that. So this pilot episode is called Working with Gimmicks. So uh, we start off in 2032 where The Rock is telling Randall Park kind of all about his life because he's running for president, which probably something that's going to happen at some point. Um, So we go back to Rocky Johnson having a match, you know, back in the day. And Young Rock is like, oh, my dad is so over. The crowd loves him. That's a little bit of an inside wrestling term for you there. Over. (laughs) Um. So, you know, we, we finish a match, and Rocky Johnson's like, hey, you know, you have to work your gimmick. If you work a gimmick hard enough, it becomes real. And uh, that's something that a lot of wrestlers have found out over the years. Um, so we go to Young Rock's grandmother's house, and, uh, you know, Drunkyard Dog and Afa and Sika and Andre the Giant are all hanging out over there. I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, Afa and Sika being there gives me hope that we will see Young Roman Reigns at some point. Um, kind of the Young Rock extended universe here. Um, So, you know, The Rock is like, oh, wrestling has so many rules, it's all fake anyway. So Andre the Giant gets up and picks him up, and he's like, hey, man, cut the shit. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, So, you know, Rocky Johnson was going to take Young Rock for ice cream, but he couldn't go because Andre the Giant is uh, investing in a tiki bar. Rocky Johnson had to go check that out. So then we uh, flash forward a little bit, and he's a little bit older now, and he's like, you know, I'm going to high school in Pennsylvania. I need a car. So he buys a car, and it ends up having, like, a homeless guy living in it. This is the part where it gets kind of weird. So there's this guy living in the car, and The Rock's going to a party with his friend because he's trying to impress this girl. But the homeless guy's like, hey, man, I used to be like you. You have to have your priorities in order. So he leaves the party and goes to pick up his mom instead. And then this guy, like, dies in the car. Um, so that was weird. Uh, so then we jump one more time where he gets a little bit older again. So we're in 1990 now, and he's in Miami playing football. And we get uh, Ed Orgeron perfectly casted. I don't know. You guys know Ed Orgeron. He's got a very distinct voice. I think they nailed it. Um 
And as it turns out, Rocky Johnson was there earlier in the day, kind of putting the rock over to the whole team. So he's got this high expectation already. They're like, oh, you're going to be on a Wheaties box. Your dad told us. So Rock calls his dad and he's like, hey, man, why'd you do that? Also, why didn't you stay and see me? And he's like, oh, I didn't need to. You know, I propped you up. So Rock- that is then Robert O'Neill's three. <laughs> <laughs> He did play one play. <laughs> oh no, this is the end. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Get Paul. Get Paul. <laughs> Odeo, you can leave. I see you're backstage. You're done. Three minutes, buddy. That's it. That's the oh, segment. <laughs> he was doing the. Enough of that was pretty cool. Enough of that was pretty cool. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> wow, Jeremy, that was infinitely better than I thought it would be. It's a weekly segment. Robert did actually, he was reading like a script. <laughs> wow. We've peaked. It's the end. I know you're going to want me to wait in the motion chamber or something. <laughs> I, I don't know what you want me to do. I, <laughs> it was the, t- it, what it was, was it was the, it was the transitions from one story to the next that he made. He was just going, I thought that was pretty cool. And then Rocky John, and he's like, it was, it was no. <laughs> it was no. <laughs> for us to talk. We just sat there and listened to him dialogue. That was like a WWE promo. <laughs> it rolled ro- so hard. It's the best thing we've ever done. It's broke us both. It's all over. O'Neill was the star of the show. I was wrong all along. <laughs> hey, we both near reset. We? <laughs> play the play the intro again, please. History title. <laughs> oh shit! Oh Jesus! Wow! Oh, wow! What a moment! <laughs> Truly, what dreams are made of that was. Right? <laughs> so, Elimination <laughs> Chamber, Joseph. Lacey Evans is pregnant. <laughs> She's not facing Oscar. Is that school <laughs> week certain of that? Have they announced that much, or what are we doing here? We have no, I'm pretty sure they're still like advertising this match, but she's pregnant. Maybe she's going to win the title while pregnant. Maria did it. Whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's not talk ourselves into that. Let's try and book them out of this, Jeremy. <laughs> okay. There's a few different ways that can go here. All right, Jeremy? My goodness. I think... The obvious, as we discussed on the Twitch this Tuesday, is the Queen Charlotte Flair. You know, she has enough. She returns to her villainous way. She takes opportunity. She wins the title. Away you go to WrestleMania for another match between those two. That's fine. That doesn't feel like the most inspiring option here. Or excellent. I would suggest this is where their inability to find something for Rue Ripley could prove to be a positive. Because it seems to me that a position has just opened up. 
I think it's the time to do something bold with a division that has been just awful. Even with all that talent, it's just been terrible. I think you have Rhea come in and win the title. I think you build to a, a triple threat with Asuka and Charlotte, where she beats two of the absolute titans of that division, two of the greats. And I just think you commit to Rhea. I don't see any upside to doing Asuka and Charlotte again in the more traditional wrestling sense. Now, to be clear, I know that means nothing in WWE anymore. I get it. But there's a chance to make someone here, whereas Asuka and Charlotte is a retread, in my view. I think this is I think it's an opportunity. Jeremy, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you, you're very high on this Rhea Ripley idea. Yes. And I just want to talk you down off of this Rhea Ripley idea. I don't think this is what's going to happen. If it does, great. Uh, it would definitely be great. Uh, I, I just don't think that's what they're going to do. I think it's either going to be Charlotte or I'm holding off or I'm holding out some hope that it's the fiendess Alexa Bliss and they actually circle back to that. Because I don't know if you remember this, Joseph. Bliss is a win over Asuka and almost had another win if not for an RKO that led to nothing. So, just to be clear, you said you're holding out hope. For yeah, holding out hope for the Fiendess. I want the title on the Fiendess. Okay, what percentage of that is like a perverse, this would be very funny for Twitter content? 100%. 100? Okay. Yeah, you know I don't care about anything else. But right, yeah, I was thinking on Twitter. Yeah, that would be out of character for you to <laughs> actually want such a thing. I, I think, let's be honest, dude, like, is it really worse than Charlotte winning it? Honestly, like really? The Fiendess winning it? Yeah. Is it really any no. different? It's, it's the same it's, deal, right? It's much better. Charlotte winning it is just okay. Charlotte's got it again. I, awesome. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's like it's a super boring route, the Charlotte. At least with yeah. the Fiendess, it's like she's like a devil now and stuff. <laughs> you know, let's be honest, like neither of us. Like if we give a shit an hour ago after what we just watched, <laughs> Like, I think, in all seriousness, we need to, we need to moving forward get all of serious wrestling conversation out of the way before O'Neill. Because like, I don't think that's, I think we can ever follow up O'Neill with just wrestling talk. <laughs> like, I have not. I mean, I, I want to be here like passionately, like yeah, Rhea Ripley, that's the choice. I don't care anymore. Who could possibly care? I want to hear about more, more about Rocky Johnson. You know, just incredible, incredible scenes. Um, okay, I've got some other options though. We'll, we'll continue with this. I mentioned Bailey a moment ago for Io Shirai. Bailey moving over to Raw as the top heel of the division. Your thoughts? You you said this on Tuesday, right? Or yes. was it an off air? You said it at some point when we've talked. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be fine with it. I don't know what she's doing on SmackDown right now because it seems like Carmella's still in the title picture. Bianca's obviously there. Sasha's got the title. Maybe they're doing something with the women's tag team title since Nia and Shayna were on SmackDown mm-hmm. last week. So, like, where is Bailey going to fit in over there? You move over to Raw, it freshens her up a little bit. Definitely need that fresh Asuka and Bailey match that we haven't seen a million times in 2020. So, sure. sure. Wow. That was that was very passive-aggressive towards Pam. Very, very sad. I love but... on Pam. Love her. Okay. Whoever you say, pal. I'll, I'll leave Twitter to deal with that. Um, She's tremendous on Twitter. She's one of my favorite people. Okay. Is there any anything we're missing? Is there actually a chance that Lacey is staying on screen? Because there it feels like there is. 
I think there's a good chance she's saying on screen. Like, they're still advertising this match. I'm on oh, WWE.com right now. Like, it's still being advertised as Lacey or as Asuka. I think there's a very good chance she's saying on screen. Because if not, they would have they would have done, you know, the congratulations thing of, hey, congratulations, she's pregnant, you know, the best wishes. Because that's what they did with um, Miro and Lana. Remember when... when Lana was cheating on Miro with Dolph Ziggler and it became a thing. And then they got like engaged or married, like in the middle of the storyline. And like, mm-hmm. oh, we got to drop this because they're actually like engaged in real life. So they gave them the big congratulations post and then everyone got heat from it or whatever that story was. Like, I think there's a very good chance she's like actually staying on screen. I'll just sort what of always Flair, about- What if Ric Flair wins the Raw Women's title? Hmm. And then do we count that as an official title, right? Sure. The Royal Women's title is prestigious, right? So then the, but the only problem with that is Rick doesn't know what number he's on now. So you'd have to really, I mean, <laughs> that would officially put him at 17, which then gives Charlotte another chance to win another one. Yeah. In a pursuit of public. This is a long game right here. This is 40 chess long-term booking. Are we missing any fun ideas here with this, or is it just shit? I don't know. <laughs> is it, like, honestly, like, this division is just... It genuinely pains me when I try and figure out where they're going, which is my personal favorite thing about wrestling is trying to like figure out what's the route and all this stuff. And it is the absolute worst in that regard. It doesn't know, like, feel like they know at all. Is there, <laughs> is there is there a chance that Taya Valkyrie comes in and they try to make her on night one? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, I think Taya's – I like Taya, but I think she's going to just be like a woman on NXT. Just like a lot of the women out there, you know? Like, I think, and it's not a knock, she deserves more than anyone to cash that big old WF check and grim wide. Happy for her, very happy. But I don't think they signed her and was like, Phew, game just changed, folks. Tell Bischoff <laughs> is over. You know, I just don't. Like, it'd be cool, though. Maybe I'll be, be happy for her, but I just don't. don't I don't think they, they signed her for that either, but they get this as an opportunity uh, for them to to actually do that. And it's raw. We know Morrison's on raw. So they like to keep couples together. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but like, mm. it'd be nice if they did something different like that. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm for anything that is vaguely interesting. Anything that's not Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's the truth. Like, I even don't Charlotte and Asker as a match to me is like, just, I know it's going to be great, but that's not everything wrestling's about. You know, there's got to be some intrigue to this shit. I couldn't care less. There's not a version of it I haven't seen, I don't think. Right. Because Ask was a heel, right, when they last worked. Or uh, she was at some point. Because when she was doing the Kabuki stuff, she was a heel. Charlotte's uh, always a heel, really. Technically, you know? yes. Yes. Charlotte's always the heel, regardless of what they're doing. You just feel, and then like, what are you going? Like, okay, Ask finally beat Charlotte. Okay, call them what? Because they've proven they have no ability to use her in the way that they need to as champ. Because they, she doesn't fit their, like, they don't know how to do TV with her as champ. Because she can't do 20-minute in-ring promos. <laughs> That's the truth of it. Like, it's, it's been a problem over and over again. They can't just do different stuff for it. It's either that, their way, or they do nothing at all with the character. What if, what if the Fiendess wins the belt? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And she has to sacrifice the belt to bring back the Fiend. And then we just don't have a raw women's title. She just destroys it. Like the, yeah. Sacrifice the lever and such. Yeah. Oh, I think that's it. I think that's the winner. <laughs> the Fing Des is... Um, did you see the YouTube comments stressing their concern for the Fing Des? No, definitely after not. After she, she played with fire 
when it comes no. to the uh, why the would I read YouTube comments, Joseph? It was a viral tweet where someone screenshot so I'll send it to you where people were like, Listen, I've watched wrestling for a long time. Don't play with this shit. It's over for Lexi Hoffman. <laughs> they just used the shoot name. I was like, Oh man, this is a hell of a gig. <laughs> something else. But yeah. Do you know what actually we did 40 minutes on social media and wrestling? I want everyone to that conversation too seriously to think about what I just said. There are people that legitimately think that like the WWF usage of the Alexa Bliss is putting actual harm because she used a certain symbolism that isn't even, if you actually know it is, isn't even anything about the fiend Bray Wyatt. (laughs) And we're we're confused that people didn't know what a seizure was. (laughs) Of course. The point of this whole show is everyone's dumb. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) This episode, marking history, everyone is dumb. Everything we've said on here was useless and pointless. The only thing you remember is Robert O'Neill's bit. Thank you, Jeremy. And the thing, Bray Wyatt, he's <laughs> going to do something incredible on Sunday. He's going to explode a pod. He's going to take Randall's place in the pod. <laughs> he's going to change the business once more in a fashion that will only be truly understood in 35 years on the AEW network when it's covered in, de- in detail. Can't wait. I'm the excited. AEW network, pal. I'm there excited. Go. We're going to be big stars on the AEW network, so good. The Lou for episode is going to be like, well, you know, it's just the thumbnail is just us two, like doing, doing a thumbs up pose with Lou for t shirts on. Um, are we done here? I don't know. Yeah, I like we're done. We're done. Did we miss topics? No, we never miss topics. Okay. We don't really have topics. So, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. We will be <clears throat> on Twitch in about 10, 15 minutes. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Maybe. Maybe uh, O'Neill can come on there and finish his review of the Young Rock. Did he ever see your phone? Do you think? I don't think he did. He was just reading. Was yeah, reading. I don't know if he did either. Oh man! Can you hit the intro one more time? Yeah. I was so proud. I it, it took so much restraint for me not to message you this last night. I was that proud of it. I was like, look at this intro I've cooked up for O'Neill. The thing is, I just visualize Bob. I visualize, I just see Bob in my mind lining up a three point shot from the corner. <laughs> and then in reality, we do a smash cut to Bob just being like, hey guys, how, how are we doing? <laughs> oh man. It's a weekly segment. I, I, I promise the audience, as long as I have any say, I, I will, no matter how bad it gets, I'll tell Jeremy, Jeremy, this was your idea, it was your best idea, we're never getting rid of it, okay? He, Joseph, let me read this to you. So he he, he tweeted, because, uh, you know, this was supposed to be O'Neill's Corner 3, and he reviewed a Taylor Swift song. That was the original idea. And then he tweets of, like, hey, can I review Young Rock instead? And that's when I buried him. I was like, look at this guy changing a format before the thing even starts. I DM him and I said, uh, for Eastern every week, good. And he says, am I actually doing Young Rock? Because I need to watch the show in that case. And I said, it is what you asked for, Robert O'Neill. <laughs> in fairness, though, did genuine research. <laughs> had studied it, had watched it multiple times, had his notes. Was notes yeah. You can't argue with that. He delivered. 
<laughs> He'd live it in ways he never could fathom, I feel. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Can someone Jake- please clip that part of the show? <laughs> Send it to me. Just the, yeah, clip the whole O'Neill's corner three. Yeah. yeah. I need it because I, I just, you know, that was something else. I lost my mind during that thing. That was like, <laughs> Everybody, uh, again, we'll be on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming here in a couple minutes. Um, what else is there? I don't even know. Oh, on my Twitter. Yes, there you go. Um, there's not even any point because people have decided we're watching 2000 WCW because they're assholes. But <laughs> if you want to vote on what Super Bowl we watch together on the 28th of Feb on the Twitch, uh, do that. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter, at Joe Hogg, which is where you'll find the poll. Um, here we go. Watch it. Ready for this? This could break the internet, Jeremy. Tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be on Sports Keeda's YouTube channel. No one's found me yet. No one's seen me. I'll be predicting the Elimination Chamber, which is, if you've watched this show, you know, I've got so many fools on the Elimination Chamber. I'm so excited. I love talking about the Elimination Chamber. So there's that, because we're changing the business. I'm following TK's footsteps. No heat here, brother, brother. Um, Do I have any articles? Not really. Wrestling with takes. I do some stuff. You get the deal. This is this is the craziest show in wrestling media, right? That's the new thing we're going to call it. The craziest show in wrestling media. <laughs> Did you put that on a poster with O'Neill's face? <laughs> That's what I want, right? This is the best show we've ever done, and it has nothing to do with Jeremy and I. It is particularly <laughs> that three-minute segment. The rest you can throw it away. I don't know what we talked about, but that was good. Um, sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anymore. We've peaked. It's the end of the show. Tuesday, Luther and Serpentico are going to join us on Twitch to simulate some Fire Pro. 1986 matches from Fire Pro. That's what we're doing on Tuesday. Might do some barbed wire exploding death matches on that. Who knows? Uh, we'll be back next week talking about something. O'Neill's Corner 3 returns next week and every week after. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Everyone read uh, Molly's article on Hangman Page on Fightful. I'll plug Molly, even though she's banned. Go to Fightful Scraps. I have a watch along. Evan Wright says, big fan of Joe's Dynamite review on his page. There you go. Thank you, Evan. Thank you. Everyone, take care. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We'll see you over there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.